Praise the Lord. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You are the miracle walking God. Walking God. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You are the miracle walking God. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. Hallelujah. You're the miracle walking God. Your name is Yahweh. Oh, miracle walker. You are the miracle walker. Come and do, come and do a miracle, oh, a miracle today. Hallelujah, you will do a miracle, a miracle today. Destiny changer, destiny changer. My Lord, you are the destiny changer. Come and change, come and change. Our destiny, oh, our destiny today. Hallelujah, you will change my destiny, my destiny today. Powerful healer, powerful healer. My Lord, you are the powerful healer. Come and heal, Lord, come and heal. So powerful, oh, so powerful today. You will heal, Lord, you will heal. So powerful, oh, so powerful today. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. Yahweh, Lord, you are the miracle walking God. Your name is Yahweh. Heavenly Father, you are the miracle God. Before we say it, our prayers have been answered. We give you all glory. Another victory night is coming. We adore you, Lord. We praise you. As you have been doing in the beginning, so you have continued in our life. We give you all adoration. Father, we bless your holy name. As we go into your world today, Father, come and speak your word into us, uh, into our mind, in the mighty name of Jesus. That particular purpose that you want to pronounce to our life, Father, speak it into our life in Jesus' name. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Let's have our seat. Praise the Lord. Brethren, the Easter has come and gone, but we can still see the sign of Easter around us. Last year, we give God the glory for the crowd for the people that have come from far and near to celebrate Easter. We give God, Almighty God, the glory for another celebration. Now, there was this odd fisherman. This fisherman was very prepared. He knew how to fish. He had everything that is required for a good fisherman to go for fishing. 
He had a pole, poles, he had poles, nets, bait, even really nice boats. But this fisherman has one single problem. And what is that problem? For all his preparation, he never caught anything. No single fish that is ever caught. Not even one. And he had everything. And you know why? Why he never caught any fish? It's a very simple reason. He never went fishing. He never went fishing. So we are like that. When we are being asked to invite people for victory night. Many of us, we never even tell someone that, can you come? But the potential is in you to bring somebody. The potential, that potential is in you to bring somebody to victory night. We are like this man that had everything, but he never has, he never caught a single fish. So begin to examine yourself. Monday is another opportunity for you whether you can catch a fish. Praise the Lord. Today, we are going to talk about fish. <laughs> Hallelujah. Not just fish. We are going to talk about fish and the breakfast. The fish and the breakfast. Maybe we talk about barbecue as well. So, begin to salivate. Praise the Lord. But before then, let's quickly read John 21, from verse 1 to 14. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? They answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put, out, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in a little boat, for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then, as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land, full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, Come, come. 
and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord, Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Praise the Lord. I think it's a very beautiful story. So we are going to, talk, we are going to be talking about that today. Uh, like I said, my topic is the fish and the breakfast. The fish and breakfast at the beach. Praise the Lord. That chapter 21 started with after all this. Now, what comes to your mind is that after all what? But if you flip back to chapter 20, if you read verse 30 to 31, it says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. That you may have life in his name. So in the text that we have read, we find out that seven disciples, let me say they were hanging out. They were waiting. Seven out of um, 11 now. Suppose it's today's word. I'm sure they will have their iPad try to flip through what is update about Jesus' Jesus, uh, resurrection because he has appeared to them, then disappear. Jesus has never mentioned that, okay, I will appear and I will disappear. All he told them is that I'm going to be with you up to the end of the world. Praise the Lord. So, these seven disciples, the Bible mentions some of them. Simon Peter, we know him very well. John 46. That's Nathanael. Let's see who is Nathanael. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathanael, he was the disciple who was convinced that nothing good can come out of Nazareth. Then, we have the sons of Sedebet. Let's see Mark. Mark 3.17. James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James. Now we know who they are. We are talking of Simon Peter, Nathaniel, and James, and John. John is also called the disciple whom Jesus loved. That is verse 7 of the text we have read. The two other disciples, we are not told. Though, so there is no need for me and you to guess. We don't have to guess. The Bible never mentioned them. I think uh, I missed one. Yes, Thomas was there. Thomas was described in this chapter as Didymus. When I read the other chapters, they call him twins. You see, Thomas was no longer a doubter. Somebody who doubt. That 
tag had been removed from him. So, with Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, the two sons of Sedebe, that is James and John, we have five. And the Bible says, other two disciples. No need for you to guess, brethren. Don't guess who they are because the Bible never mentioned that. But you discover that the, the, scene, the, scene, the scene of this story that we've had is somewhere in uh, Sea of uh, Tiberias. That is Seal of Galilee. So the question that we come to our mind is that what are they doing there? After all, Jesus Christ was crucified around the city of Jerusalem. So let's see what are, what are they doing in that particular place. But I want you to remember that this particular area is where Jesus Christ first met his disciples. So they feel that, okay, we have to go back to the source. So they feel that they have to go back to the source. But can we say that uh, they have taken a wrong decision? No. They have not. Because they believe Jesus Christ is alive. And uh, as at that time, Jesus Christ has mentioned to them that about the calling that he had for them. And they believe this as well, but they have not received the full call. So, the task given to them have not been fully understood. Jesus Christ was telling them before the crucifixion, but being in Galilee, is why are they in Galilee? There's nothing wrong for them to be there because, number one, they are doing... Excuse me. Sometimes... I need assistance, please. Number one, they are doing exactly what uh, Jesus told them to, to do. If you look at Matthew 28, 10. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Yes. Jesus has instructed them. Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. So, for them being Galilee, it was not wrong. Verse 16 of that same uh, chapter. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for yes, them. Yes, Jesus Christ has appointed that place for them. That they have to go to Galilee. So when Jesus appeared to them and disappeared. First time, second time. Then the next thing was for them to move to the next level. To wait for, for him. So, and Jesus also told them before he's dead. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. So when he first appeared to some of them. Then again he reappeared. By the time he disappeared, their mind focused that he must be going to Galilee. So that is why they have moved to Galilee. Again, listen to what the angel at the tomb said to Mary. Matthew 28, 7. And go quickly and tell his disciples 
that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So you can see, if Jesus is appearing and disappearing to them, then the next thing for them is to move to Galilee, where he has promised that he's going to be. So that is why they have moved to Galilee. So there's no need for them to waste time. Quickly, they have moved. And that is what they have done. Number two, they have not received the promise, authority of, or power that Jesus promised them. If we, you read uh, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to absorb all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Okay, this is what Jesus Christ has given unto them. But let's look at Acts of Apostle 1.8. But you shall receive power. You shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So when Jesus Christ appeared to them and again he disappeared. And Jesus has informed them that they shall receive power. And that power has not come. The next thing is for them to move to where Jesus Christ has promised that I'm going to meet you, which is Galilee. So for them being Galilee is never an error. Because they are yet to receive that required authority. Again, even the, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit itself has not happened. It's yet to happen. If they remain in, uh, in Jerusalem, that may not happen. Jesus has told them before he died and even the angel at the tomb also mentioned it that they have to go to Galilee for them going to Galilee is not an error so they are just moving to fulfill what Jesus Christ has said if you remember in John 20 verse 19 it was recorded there that they locked themselves in why? because they were afraid They were afraid of what happened to Jesus Christ. So they locked themselves in. Praise the Lord. Nevertheless, at Galilee, what happened is that they have found themselves in a confused situation. They were confused. Then, because of that, different thoughts begin to come into their mind. Because when Jesus Christ told them to go to Galilee, he never mentioned that go and go to the sea and fish. He never told them that. He only mentioned to them, go to Galilee. What do they supposed to do? They're supposed to go there and wait. Praise the Lord. But like the seven ones we have mentioned, all work without play. We make the disciple a jack boy. So that came to their mind. And different thoughts begin to come to their mind. And uh, if you look at Peter, he's somebody that is always ahead of everyone, every other disciples. So they were confused. They don't know what to do. Peter did what, thinking that, okay, what I'm familiar to, 
What is it that Peter was familiar to? He was familiar to fishing. So rather than standing idle, then something came to his mind. But let's look, let's examine Peter. Peter, we know that he, he, he was a fisherman. So that is where Jesus Christ called him. In Matthew 4, 18, we can see that. There is no need for us to go into that. Because you can read it as I'm talking. Matthew 4, 18, you will see that is when Jesus Christ called uh, Peter. Then, in Matthew 10, Jesus called the 12 disciples. Now, Jesus Christ is no longer in their midst. So, they are just thinking what a way to wipe away the time. But let's look at Let's examine Peter's life. Who is this Peter? Let's look at him critically. We all believe that Peter lacked faith. Yes, in Matthew 14, he lacked faith. When he saw Jesus Christ walking on the water, he requested that, Master, I want to walk on water. He was granted that request. But after some time, he looked back. When he looked back, what happened? He began to sing because he was looking at the storm. So Peter, we are talking about lack, faith, faith. And another thing of Peter is that Peter often says the wrong things. Sometimes he says something wrong. Matthew 16, when Jesus was telling the disciples how we will soon be put to death, in verse 22, verse 22, Peter was trying to rebook Jesus. And say it will never happen. But what Jesus Christ said, Jesus then said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. He's trying to tell Jesus Christ that the purpose of his coming to life will never come to pass, that it will never happen. But Jesus rebuked him. In John 13, when Jesus began to wash the feet of the disciples, Peter said to Jesus, I will never let you wash my feet. Again, Jesus rebuked him that if he doesn't wash his feet, he cannot have relationship with him. So you can see that Peter is always very uh, forward. Peter also often did the wrong things. Sometimes he will do what I will call stupid things. If you observe the night that they came to arrest Jesus Christ, that particular night, he attacked one of them as they, as they came. He fought back. Okay, let's assume that 12 disciples minus one that have uh, indicated that have identified Jesus, now 11 plus Jesus himself, they are 12. Can we think of the multitude that came to arrest him? They should have mobbed all of them and killed them there immediately because of that action of Peter. And as per the assignment given to Jesus, he must die by crucifixion, not by mob, but not by mob. So Peter is somebody that uh, is too forward. If not for the prompt intervention of Jesus Christ, maybe they might have been mobbed. Praise the Lord. So, and we are, if I go on, go on about Peter, we know what he did. He, he denied Jesus Christ. Even though he was bragging earlier on. 
So that is Peter for you. Now, if you see what Peter did in this story we have just read again. Verse 3, brother. John 21, 3. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, Why must he be him? Why must he be Peter? Why can other not say, What can we do? Again, within his mind, I'm going for fishing. Please, brethren, don't join the crowd at times. Well, what happened to the other seven? They joined the crowd. Before he finished, brother, what happened? Before he finished? Read they verse said, 3 again. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat. Praise the Lord. Now, Jesus went away. They were lost. The disciples were lost. They forgot that Jesus had promised never to leave them. Immediately, Peter made that pronouncement. They agreed to go with him. So, instead of doing the thing Jesus has taught them to do while he was with them, they decided to go to their old ways. What does it mean? When we do things in our own way, rather than the way Jesus Christ wants us to do it, failures we set in. If you look at this story, they struggle, struggle throughout the night. They never have any success. A single fish, they never have. Because they have derailed. Jesus only asked them to go and wait in Galilee. But brethren, what do they do? Peter again takes the lead. I'm going for fishing. Nobody even argued with him. And they went with him. All night, they were fishing. And there was no single fish. And if there is no single fish, early in the morning, they decided to come back. Maybe if Peter is you and I in, living in today's world. As we are coming from the sea, we take our phone, call our wife. Can you believe that today I went fishing? No single fish. We begin to send text message, WhatsApp message, right from the sea. You begin to express your frustration. So, when they could not make anything, or maybe if we have our Facebook with us, we start updating our status. In the deep sea, no fish. Among the storm, no fish. So many fish in the ocean, I couldn't catch, catch, catch anyone. So something like that will begin to set in and come in. Praise the Lord. So all night, because they have moved away from where they asked them to be. If you are asked to go and wait for somebody at the airport in Sib, and you decide to go to Matra. Are you on the line? You are lost. Because you are the opposite direction. But that is the grace we are having with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ still went ahead to look for them. He still tried to move to see, oh, where are these children? Where are these guys? So, so uh, like I said, when you move away from the line that Jesus wants you to be, you will get lost. And I pray we will not get lost in Jesus' name. So, now, they are close to the shore. 
Now, Jesus Christ also wants to do like them. Hey, guys, did you catch any fish? Hey, friends, did you catch any fish? And they said, no. Me and you, we know that it was Jesus. But the disciples, they never knew. Because the Bible recorded that Jesus was at the shore. Say, hi, friends. If it is today, well, hey, hi, dude. Do you catch anything? Praise the Lord. He asked them, have you caught anything? None of them knew it was Jesus. Then, what next? He gave them instruction. And one thing I think I like with these seven discipleship uh, disciples is that, uh, like what we are treating in the home cell, attitude to avoid. If we are the one, somebody is telling you from the shore, say, hey, hi, did you catch anything? Hey, keep quiet, my friend. Who are you to ask me? Your anger will come upon that person. Every problem that has been, that has been surrounding you, you begin to rain that anger on him. I've gone all the night. You only ask me a question. Who are you? Praise the Lord. But the disciples, they never do that. They avoid the attitude of anger due to frustration. That is why the home said we are studying attitude to avoid. Please and please keep to those studies. They will help. A little patient will solve thousands of trouble. Hallelujah. And what is the instruction? Try other side. Again, Jesus is not a professional fisherman. These are professional guys that are, they have been fishing all their life before Jesus Christ invited them. Now, as a professional man, somebody said, throw your net to the other side, to the right side. You will ask him a simple question. What audacity or authority do you have to say I should do that? All because of anger and frustration. But at first, Jesus' word, to say throw to the other side, it may sound absurd to many of us, but the disciples, they never even think of anything. They obey the instruction, verse 6, brother. Verse and, he, and he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast. And now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Can you see? They cannot, they were not able to draw it because of the multitude of fish. In my place, we do say that what you are looking for in Salala is right inside your pocket. Your miracle might be here. You might be focusing in another direction. Because of mercy of God, because of mercy of Jesus Christ. Jesus asked them to wait at airport. They have gone to Matra. But because of that mercy, he still wants them to, okay, this is your profession. He approved it. He said, put it at the other side. And the situation changed. Earlier in the scripture, that same scenario has happened. In Luke 5, 4 to 7. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep sea water and let down the net for a cash. Again, Peter answered. See, Peter answered in this particular case, but in the other case, he never answered. He said, Master, we have worked hard all night, but haven't caught anything. But because you say, I 
because you say so, I will let down the net. He knew Jesus Christ was talking that time. So, when, verse 6 now, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their net began to break. So, they signal their partner. You see? Their partner also have, they, they have share of that. When Jesus gives instruction to you, Jesus Christ himself might not come down here to tell you. Somebody might tell you something. Don't doubt. When call are being made on this altar, don't doubt. When instructions are passed, don't doubt. Obey. So this, by the time their prayer were answered, they could not even drag the net. And the Bible recorded that, that they, they called their partner because the, the net began to tear. And even when, after calling the other boat, they fill it with fish and the boat again begins to sink. If you read down there, that uh, Luke 5, 4 to 7. So a large cache of fish was involved again, just as it was at that Sea of Galilee. So this is not the first time that is happening. So I want us to see some lesson that uh, we can gain from here. It means when you journey with Jesus Christ, you need to learn how to obey. As we are journeying with him in this Christian, Christian life, in this service that we have been called to do, learn how to obey. You don't know when your own time will come. That day, that day if those seven disciples have decided that, hey man, just stop there. We have been frustrated, no fish. They will never have that fish. So, when the instruction is passed, please listen and hearken to the voice of God. And God will help us in Jesus' name. Like I said, you and I, we don't know that. We know. We knew that it was Jesus Christ. But they don't know and they obey. And they listen. So, we can, like I said, Peter did not argue this time around. First time. No argument. Simple and in obedience. Maybe he was too tired. If he was not too tired, maybe he said, if I reach that shore and you are still standing there, I will hit you. But the spirit of God that dwell in them allow them to hearken to the voice of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Maybe in our life, um, if you look at what Jesus Christ has said, what difference does he make when he said, put it at the right side? They should have argued that, okay, what about the left? So what difference does that putting the net at right or left indicate? But they listen all the way. So sometimes God put us in a situation where it seems there is no answer to our prayer. You might be thinking that the end has come. You might be thinking that, oh, is this how it's going to be? Even the situation you will find yourself, you begin to blame yourself. Maybe that's the voice of the Lord telling you that you have to put your net at the other side. We have living testimony of a sister the net was put at the one side and at the other side. 
To God be the glory today. We are celebrating her. Praise the Lord. That is how our God can work. Whatever situation you are passing through, whatever side you, you, you are facing, maybe, let me tell you this, we have so many lists of uh, prayer points. Maybe your prayer point should have been focused on the other side of the net, of the boat. Now, Jesus is telling you, examine yourself. See if you can put your net at the other side. See that. Examine your prayer list. Maybe you have to reprioritize it. Say, okay, this scale of preference now. You rearrange them. It might be the voice of God you are hearing. Maybe God is saying, put the net at the other side. Put your prayer request at this side. Maybe only intercession you have been submitting your prayer request. Maybe God wants you to put your prayer request at the center of your, uh, your, your prayer altar in your home. I leave the rest for you. God will direct us in Jesus' name. Amen. So, when we have tried everything, we thought we knew what we need to be done. Sometimes it might not work. So, in the middle of every situation, Jesus is telling you, hey, friends, put your net at the other side. Whatever situation you are, you are having now, he's alive. He's no longer dead. He's alive. He's telling you, put your net at the other side. Sometimes our spiritual life can become very cold. We read our Bible and pray, but nothing seems to be happening. Maybe we need to do something different. In Nigeria, if you are praying, you are praying, you are praying, then you thought maybe the, you have not received the answer to your prayer. People will go to the top of mountain and they kneel down there and they begin to command, God, this is what I want you to do. They begin to pray. They change direction. As Jesus Christ also was going to the top of mountain to pray. Or maybe you need a quiet environment. You need somewhere that no one will disturb you. That might be the other side of your net, of your boat. That might be where Jesus wants you to put the, the net. Maybe the net to be on the net need to be on the other side. When you journey with Jesus, you will get the direction. Amen? Amen. When you journey with him wholeheartedly, you will have the right direction. Because one way or the other, just as he has revealed to the uh, to the, the those seven disciples, he will also reveal to you directly or indirectly. Praise the Lord. So, all you need to do is to obey. Those seven disciples, they obeyed. You also need to obey. Obedience is very important in this case. So, what is Jesus pushing you to do? Like, it might be, a, it, what Jesus is asking you to do might be a silly thing to you. But the end will justify the instruction that have been given to you. So, don't rely on your knowledge. 
Don't rely on your experience. If you look at those seven disciples, after all, we are old fishermen. Let's go back. They, I'm sure they know the right place to go. So, if you rely on your experience, if you rely on your own knowledge, you may not meet your target the way you're supposed to meet it. If you're supposed to have salary increase of 100%, you might be having only 50%, and you'll be thinking that, yes, the Lord is doing it. But the Lord is saying, put your net at the other side. He's alive. He has resurrected. He's telling you, he's commanding you and I, put your net at the other side, which is the right side. Praise the Lord. So, in this lesson, we should all be teachable. We should be teachable. We should not believe that, okay, that has happened before with Jesus Christ's uh, disciples. Also, it can happen in our life. So, what you need from Jesus is that you want him to make provision of everything you want. And I'm assuring you, he's able. Amen. He's able. Amen. If you are not sleeping, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. So many people are sleeping. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So whatever you need, Jesus Christ is there to provide them for you. Do you need love, joy, peace, patient kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or even self-control? Jesus is telling you it's available. In him, it's available. Attitude to avoid. We are learning it at home. Do you need assurance, security, hope, encouragement, or peace? Promise of the week. It's talking about peace. To scatter every white beast. They are available with Jesus. So when you journey with Jesus Christ, you are not alone. You never get lost. All you just need is to know that your net is at the right side. Because of our time, we will move on now. So, John, the disciple Jesus loved, he was the first one to recognize that it is the Lord. And again, Peter, what happened? Again, out of anxiety, out of uh, happiness, again, he jumped into the sea and swim. He left others. Just hearing that it is Jesus. Don't forget that it's early in the morning. Early in the morning. Why is Peter doing that? He knew that yes, the master is around. That he can he cannot brag. He can brag because he knew the master was there. He was worried before. Because John said, Oh, it is the Lord. Then he quickly showed his action again ahead of others. And don't forget that if it is blessing, we cash it also before the others. Because if you read that story down, Jesus called him again from verse 16 down. Peter, Peter, again challenged Jesus Christ. Why? How many times you want to call me? I'm not deaf, I'm listening. And Jesus Christ said, feed my lamb. All other disciples were not called. 
So because Peter put himself in a position to be called. Praise the Lord. Now, to crown it all, as they get closer to the beach, what happened? Breakfast was in making. Jesus, Jesus was already preparing a breakfast for them. Now, let's talk practically here. I know many of us here, we like enjoyment. We like it. We like merriment. And we have many expert barbecue makers here. So if you read that test, it's telling you that Jesus Christ is also, a, is also good at making barbecue. Yes, he knew what is going to happen. That those guys are tired. He already prepared the fire and the fish. He has already prepared the barbecue. Verse 9, brother. Let's read verse 9. Then, as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. Okay? It's ready. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have just Ah, caught. to fresh it up. We need fresh fish. You see, Jesus is very expert. He wants fresh fish now. He told them, right from the one you have caught, bring the fresh one. Jesus will fresh your life in Jesus' name. Amen. So, they have walked all over the night. And this time around, I'm sure they, if it is now, they will quickly take selfie and post it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, Jesus Christ was trying to ensure that, uh, yes, he feed them again. He has fed them before. Before he was crucified, he fed them. Now again, he is feeding them. So, verse 12. Let's read verse 12. Jesus said to them, Come and eat breakfast. Yet, none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They did not even bother to, they don't want to know. That shows sign that they are very hungry. Nobody argue, nobody ask him who are you. All they want to do is to eat. Even though John has recognized that it was Jesus Christ. Your own invitation will come. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, like I said, in that verse 10, that is where he added the fresh fish to spice it. But not just fish, we have bread also. Amen. Was the bread and fish a gentle reminder of the miracle of the loaves yes. and fishes? Again, maybe there was no tea that time. There should have been what? Chai. Do chai. Chai. Yeah. So maybe they should have. I know do chai is what I used to in the office. Yeah. Bring two chai. Okay? I don't know what seven is called. Maybe Jesus Christ might have arranged that as well. Praise the Lord. So this is a reminder of that miracle. That is, if you read John 18, 18 to 25. Um, Again, we are talking of fire here. Was the fire a reminder to Peter about the time he betrayed Jesus around fire? When he denied Jesus Christ, it was also around fire. See, Jesus always talked in parable. In today's world, too, Jesus is inviting every one of you to, follow, to fellowship with him. Revelation 
3.20, he says, he says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and eat with him. And he with me. You see, that barbecue at the beach, Jesus is saying, if you open the door, he will come and eat with you. The invitation is already there. All that remains to you now is whether you are going to open your, the door for him to come in. That is what is left for you. You need to accept that invitation. So, do you need to accept the invitation that Jesus is extending? Are you ready to receive the amazing guidance, miracle and fellowship he wants to provide? Yes. Can you imagine yourself like the disciple? having a breakfast at the beach with Jesus Christ. Pastor Sean used to say that one day he will take the excellent man early in the morning we go somewhere. Maybe that day Jesus also will show up and make barbecue for us. For those of you that may miss excellent men, early will I see thee. Now, the invitation is here. The invitation is here. Praise the Lord. So, Jesus Christ is telling you that he can also is inviting you. Invitation has been given. Only when you open your heart now to receive it. So that is for you to choose. Breakfast on the beach with Jesus Christ. The disciples had, had worked all the night, but they accomplished nothing. They were tired and hungry. Jesus appear and change everything. Every situation in your life that is negative is going to be changed by Jesus Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you hungry? Are you tired? Lately, have you felt that you just have to quit? Are you feeling like that? Jesus is telling you, throw your net at the other side. Let your net be at the other side. So what Jesus wants you to know this afternoon is that he is deeply in love with you. Amen. It may feel like failure, but the assurance is that there is hope in him. Amen. Provided times and conditions apply, Amen. you accept the invitation. You need to accept the invitation. It may feel that, okay, I've messed up. After all, what I've done, this thing, maybe Jesus Christ will not have mercy. The disciples, they were asked to go to Galilee, not to go and fish. But Jesus Christ still have mercy on them. So, if you are thinking your situation is worst, I'm assuring you that with Jesus Christ, oh, the mercies and the grace are there for us. So, you may, this resurrection of Jesus Christ is assurance that whatever be your situation, there is fish and the breakfast waiting for you at the beach. The beach might not be the beach we are talking about. It might be the beach of your knee going to the ground and table your request before him. That is another beach. So begin to look around what type of beach that you want to have your own lunch, uh, your own breakfast with Jesus Christ. So, he is here to transform you. 
He is here to radically change your life. He is here to feed you. He is here to forgive you. He is here to restore you. He is here to fill you with Holy Spirit. That is very important. Once he fills you with the Holy Spirit, you will know the right direction for the breakfast. Maybe if your own time comes, he will spice it all with some uh, chapati and some other stuff. To parata. Thank you, Pastor. With parata. Early in the morning. On, on Monday, I think we also have a breakfast here. So it's not strange. That's exactly what Jesus Christ did here. We also have it outside here. Praise the Lord. So, but can you see that the last supper was not the last meal that Jesus Christ had with the disciple? He had the breakfast. And that is why we are still doing that till today. We are having the Holy Communion to do that in remembrance of Him. It was not the last. Praise the Lord. So, when Jesus was active and present in our life, uh, because he was present in the life of disciples, we will know the direction to put the net. Which direction to throw the net, we will know it. Only for you is to be vigilant and listening and ensure that you obey. Don't argue. Avoid the attitude of anger. And again, don't proud. Attitude to avoid is another thing. Pride. If they were, if they, if they proud that day that, look, gentlemen, we are professional fishermen. Why are you telling us what to do? They never allowed their experience to, to go against the will of God in their life. They followed him faithfully with that question. They left their old way of life and businesses in order to serve him. And the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ the disciples tried to go back after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the disciples tried to go back to their old life. Sometimes we also tend to backslide and carry our, our own life where we left it over. When it seems Jesus is no longer with us, we do this. We do this. We try to backslide because we have prayed. We have not received answer to our prayer. You are praying concerning your job and something else happened. You begin to cry. You begin to say, Lord, why is this happening this way? We are asked, Jesus Christ said, this is another side, the right side to throw your net. Praise the Lord. So, when it seems Jesus is no longer present in our life, Things can happen in such a way that we will begin to have doubt. But Jesus Christ is telling us that he is alive. He's not dead. And he's not deaf also. He's listening. He has the listening here. All you need to do is to listen. The disciples have no sources. They experience, as experienced fishermen, still they try all the night. They fail miserably. They lost the grace to even do what they used to do. Because they could not even catch a single fish. It's a shame to them. But Jesus Christ has taken that shame away. So, what am I telling you now is that what are the situations that have surrounded you? 
What are the things you are thinking that this is a shame? What are the areas you felt that, oh, you have been answering, asking for and things have not happened? All you need to do is to wait for the appearance of Jesus. Because when he appeared to the disciples, their story changed. And I pray Jesus Christ will appear to your situation Amen. and your story will change for better in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the disciples, their failure turned to, into success. They were fishing in the same water. But the presence of Jesus made all the difference. He made the changes. He can make the same difference in your life. All you need to do is to hack into his instruction. When he asks you to put the net at the other side, put it. And what is await you? Breakfast. Your breakfast might not be fish, as you are seeing maybe okay in the picture. It might not be the fish and the bread. It might be a very great answer to your prayer. And you begin to rush down to Pastor Leslie and say, I have testimony, I have testimony. Okay, how many testimony? He said, they are too long. He said, okay, go straight to the point. Because you are too excited. Brethren, I'm telling you today, Jesus Christ is the Lord. Look at where he's directing you to throw your net. Look at the direction that he's pointing to. And as you listen, as you hearken to him, avoid all attitude that can take the fish and the breakfast away. May God bless his word in Jesus' name. Shall we stand as we bring the service to a close? I just want us to ponder on a few points and then turn to God and ask him what he is telling us this day. The Last Supper was followed by breakfast at the beach. Crucifixion was followed by resurrection. Failure is followed by success. And that's the message for us always in Christ. We are never in failure because success, victory, always waits for us. That's what we are promised. But there are certain things that we need to ponder over. And I want us to ponder on the following questions that God is asking us today. Number one, where are you today? Are you where God wants you to be? Or are you where you want to be? Has God asked you to go to Galilee? And you have chosen to go somewhere else. Or you have chosen to remain while God has asked you to go to Galilee. Think about that. I don't know what God has spoken to every one of you. I know God speaks. If we haven't heard from God, it's not because God hasn't spoken. 
It's because we haven't listened. Talk to God right now. Where has he asked you to be? Are you where he wants you to be? Have you gone to that place where God has asked you to go? God told the disciples to go to Galilee. Which is your Galilee? Number two, are you trying to do things in your wisdom? The disciples fished all night and didn't catch fish. If you are trying to do things in your wisdom, with all the expertise that you and I have, you and I will get nothing. We are just the 21st century disciples. We would have cast all night and got nothing. Ask yourself that question. Are you doing what the Lord is asking you to do? Or are you doing what you want to do? Number three. Are you struggling to fish where God has not instructed you? Victory night is three days away. Where are you going to fish? You see, God has called us according to Matthew chapter 4, four verse 19. He said, be fishers of men. What we want always is success and victory. And believe me, let's turn to Leviticus 26 and we'll start to read at verse 3 because that is what God is telling us. He says, I will give you provided you listen to my voice. Provided you obey my instructions. Leviticus chapter 26 starting at verse 3. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, then I will give you rain in its season. The land shall yield its produce and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last till the time of vintage and the vintage shall last till the time of sowing. You shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. I will give peace in the land and you will lie down and none will make you afraid. I will rid the land of evil beasts and the sword will not go through your land. You will chase your enemies and they shall fall by the sword before you. That's the success. But the instruction is verse 3. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them. Church, let's be serious about what God tells us. Remember, the last supper was followed by the breakfast. Crucifixion was followed by resurrection, whether the world accepts it or not. Failure is history. Success is our portion. But let us tell God today, I want to obey you. I want to follow your statutes. I want to do what you want me to do. 
Take away this wisdom of the world and throw it away, Lord. I want that wisdom from you which is above everything that seems right in this world today. I want to do what you want me to do, Lord. Talk to God, church. It's not about me. It's about you and God. Father, we just want to say thank you, Lord. We just want to commit every one of ourselves into your hands, Lord. Father, you have given us the instructions, Lord, Father. You have asked us, where are you today? Have we gone to the place where you have asked us to go? Or are we simply sticking around to doing what we think we want to do? Are we following your instructions, Lord? Father God, help us to recognize the value of obeying you, Lord Father. The blessings that are flowing our way, Lord Father, if we just choose to obey you. Father, I thank you, Lord, that today, even from that last chapter of the Gospel of John, you have given us instructions that we need to follow day after day. Father, I just commit every one of us into your hands that we will recognize that in you and in obedience to you and your word lies our success and our future. Father, I thank you. I praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for using your servant through whom you have brought your word across to us.